Friends, thank you so much for joining yet another episode of Share the Well. We really appreciate you taking time to join our conversations. It's been wonderful for me and and for the team to bring these conversations to you. It's been absolute pleasure and just meeting with my friends and talking about, you know, uh, their lives has been a phenomenal journey for us over this uh, past 7-8 months. So today's conversation is with Jeremy Jorshina who is the chief operating officer for New City Kids and uh, John's George who you probably have heard some of you who've heard but John's works with a school which is in the deep jungles I would say of India working with the tribals both of them though polar opposite when it comes to locations uh, one is in the US the other one you know in India their work is to empower kids that are disenfranchised right so that uh, or disempowered or you know in poverty uh backward in terms of socio economic status so, you know you you can you can overlay some of these uh, paradigms but both of them are working to break help these kids break away from the cycle through education and empowerment so in that sense i see commonality between the two so it was great to have two friends of mine who are doing the same kind of work in two different contexts and uh, it's a wonderful conversation it's a two week two part conversation so do join in uh, a week after this as well and we continue that conversation but the first conversation is more about you know um about them and and their journey and then we go into certain particular challenges that uh, we talk about in the second week but thank you for joining and hopefully you enjoy this conversation and i'll talk to you guys at the end of this episode um, uh, i have it mm. after we come here uh, you know we again early risers yeah, we are early risers because there's nothing to do after the you know we yeah. have uh, yeah so no entertainment options of course i guess that we go to sleep <laughs> Yeah, uh, John. For some weird reason, your voice is a little muffled. Um, I don't know why it is. Just, but... just a minute. Let me just yeah. see if I can put my. Is that better? A little better. Yeah, a little better than before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you can hear okay. us clearly, right? You, you you're able to hear us clearly. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, you guys good. are clear. Am I clear enough, or should I try something else? No, this is better. This is better. The set, the, the, yeah. not, no, it's better now. Yeah, Jeremy, I don't know if you can. Yeah, hear yeah. I'm, I'm able to to hear. Yeah, it was a little muffled, but I think it's 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 better now. Okay, good, good. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a. I hope it's going to be a conversation, not going to be a Q and A. So, you know, I did send some you know questions out, but um, I you know I did. generally I love to allow the kind of discussions to flow so don't you know you know in some sense i want to set expectations that uh, if you guys have questions if you guys have thoughts just you know let's weave stuff okay, in of course yeah right. it uh, it definitely was helpful to at least i wasn't sure if there was going to be a more intentional topical focus and so i think that's what i was hoping for questions on if if there was but i mean right it's if if the jumping off point is just sort of getting to know each other that i think that's wonderful Yeah yeah I, and though you guys are you know miles apart for me 
right? As I've as I've observed you all, and as I see what you guys doing, um, there's a there's a, um there's a it's the purpose is kind of the same as I see it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's quite fascinating, and we'll kind of discover that, you know, as we go along. Um, it's it's fascinating to see. Um, but it's also, I think, connected to uh, the roots of uh, the faith that uh, you know that you guys have as well. So you know, we'll we'll kind of explore a little bit of that. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited. So maybe as uh, you know, as I always ask people who who do come um, to have this conversation, you know, we're getting to close to one thousand downloads. I don't know if it's a big deal, but <laughs> you know, it's a That's big exciting, deal. yeah. It's like it's exciting it's like the first oh, nice. you know, triple digit download it's not bad you know um we we didn't expect any of that but uh you know we, we're slowly starting to get there and our rz episode i think is called kind of you know scoring getting to 80 or you know getting to 100 you know, mm. or 25 episodes 25 27 28 i don't know how many now um so uh, I'm excited. I, I think the feedback that we're getting from individuals as we can affect them positively has been really, really encouraging. So we pray that this will also, um, you know, uh, lead to somebody um, being encouraged. One person, right? That's that's our <laughs> target audience. You know, uh, we're not looking for millions, but we're looking for the one person who can be encouraged. Anyway, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves and, you know, tell a little bit about yourselves personally and, and what you do, and uh, then we'll go from there. Yeah? John, you want to go first? <laughs> uh, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm John. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I mean, I'm married to my wife, Suja, and we have two children. We have a son. Ishaya, who's right behind me, who's, uh, <laughs> who's 11, <laughs> who's 11, and the thing, hello to you. <laughs> hello, how yeah. are you? And, yeah, and my daughter, who's, who will be seven in two days, she's very excited about it. Oh, fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I work here as a teacher in a rural school. Um, we are very remotely located. We work among the tribals here. So, yeah, that would be a short, crisp introduction. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and and I, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I have uh, bir- birthdays are also a big deal in my household. We have uh, three three little girls. Uh, my wife and I have been married for for close to ten years, and uh, I've also served for the. Close to the past, for the past decade, I've served with uh, an organization named New City Kids. We're a faith-based urban youth leadership development organization, uh, and so I've, I've served in a variety of roles over the past ten years uh, as as we've grown and uh, look to to expand the work that we do. Thank you, guys. So, can you explain a little bit of um, what do you do, right? Um, and you know, one of the things that I've written down is what what does the typical day or a week or a month or a year look like, you know, in your line of work? Maybe Jeremy, you can start and then we'll get to John's. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it's definitely <laughs> looked very different in, in each of the three roles that, that I've, I've served in. Um, so in, in November, I, I started with a new role for our organization, working with our president as, as, our, chief, as our chief operating officer. Um, and as we, as we reached a certain size and um, really as we've thought about where, where we believe God is calling us uh, to, to keep growing and how to multiply our model, um, just realize the need for, for more integration on our team and preparing to, to, to grow. And so, I mean, that, that, that's been a very different, um, formerly I served as, as an executive director and a planter of one of our, one of our, one of our ministry sites. And so I think uh, my day to day is uh, probably defined uh, in large part by working with members of our team, whether it's uh, frontline staff who are doing day to day ministry with, with children and, and teenagers um, in, in a variety of communities um, where New City Kids is serving, uh, to working with members of our support team to help empower and, and, and support the work that, that our frontline ministry teams are doing. Um, it's a lot of project management, coordinating work, uh, making sure that our strategy, our structure, and our culture are, are aligned to, to, to grow healthily together um, and enable us to reach students uh, in, in a deeper way and, and new students who aren't yet part of our communities. So day to day is hard hard to define. There's definitely a there's a lot of variety of activities, but I, it's a lot of it's focused on aligning the team that I work with and uh, the teams across New City Kids um, to to work in a concerted way towards towards our, our kind of big annual goals to empower the the, the frontline ministry to, that goes on. Yeah, thank you. John, how about yours? Yeah. Uh, well, line of work in a typical day would be, you know, like a like a typical school teacher's uh, role. Uh, you know, so I teach. I mean, I teach uh, geography. That's my main uh, subject, and I also teach uh, you know something called we have a you know thirty minutes uh, each day of something called circle time, where the teachers are allowed to teach from scripture. Uh, you know, so those are two things that I teach at school. So, uh, you know, so yeah, so uh, typically we have classes throughout the day, um, but I think uh, what adds more value to a typical day would be the opportunities we get to speak to individual students, uh, you know, especially to, you know, to, to, to instruct them in the ways of the Lord and to see some of them at least, or rather a few of them come to know the Lord. Um, you know, so those, I mean, those, those conversations, you know, which happens, uh, you know, every now and then are also quite an, I mean, important part of the day. So yeah, apart from that, it's quite, uh, you know, quite ordinary teacher's role. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I see. I see it. There is a there's a map uh, that the geography teaching explains perhaps the the map of India behind you. Um, I didn't realize with my time zone comments I was speaking to an expert. <laughs> yes, there is a map behind me. That's my son's homeschooling part of his homeschooling. Ah, I see. Uh, 
you know, stuff. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we do have the same map at school too. <laughs> we've we've uh, part when in my first role uh, with with New City Kids, I so I dabbled a little bit in teaching geography. Uh, a, a lot of what we do is teaching through encoding it in music and then having our youth presented. And so, yeah, there, I've, I've been part of groups or, or that have written uh, songs about the geography of North America. Um, we've, we've covered the entire Mediterranean rim. There's, there's, I, I wrote a few rap songs uh, to, to teach the geography of different regions. We, one of our, one of our highlights is the, the 30 most populous countries in Africa. Um, a few members of our staff got together and, and wrote a pretty great song to that. Then our, our kids across our ministry have learned. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really fun. I, I love, obviously geography is more than just where countries are placed, but uh, it, it's, it's definitely a fun way of getting uh, young people's kind of a, a broadened understanding of the world and, and their, their yes, yes, yes. You know, the largeness yeah. of it, especially. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> the, um, so in your, in your line of work, um, what's the most um, what's the most exciting thing you know that that you guys experience? And and we'll come to another question that I have in my mind is, um, who are the people? Or what is the kind of people that you are actually you know rendering your service to, right? And why did you guys choose? Why did you guys choose that? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I mean, we we, uh, we work among some of the most backward tribes in India. So, so these are the only tribes which are more backward than the ones that we work among are the tribes in these you know sentinelly silent. Um, I don't know if you remember the story of John Chow, which was I think around two years back. He was uh, right. attempting to, uh, yeah. So, so they are the only tribals which are more backward than the ones we work with in India. So, you know, so one of the tribes that we work with, uh, you know, they're called the Bondas. Um, they are the most backward tribe in mainland India. So, so the so that anybody in that tribe who's over the age of forty still are half-clad hunter-gatherers. Uh, you know, they have this old you know, bow and arrow and going to the jungles to hunt for animals, uh, you know, and they still eat, you know, whatever they can hunt, they eat, um, you know, so that they have a very, very exotic diet. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, so that, that, that's one tribe that we work with. There are a few more tribes similar to them, but not as backward. They live up in the hills, um, uh, you know, so, so from here, uh, nowadays, the um, I mean the um, the roads have been improved. Um, you know, otherwise it you know it used to be a four five hour trek from where we uh, stay. Um, you know, so that's that's one group, and there are many other tribal groups here uh, in the in the district that we work. Uh, there are uh, more there are more 40, uh, 40 tribal people groups. Mm. So you know. So we have students from from a, you know a variety of these groups. 
uh, you know, then we have some scheduled castes, um, you know, you know, so basically scheduled tribes are those who are outside of the Hindu caste system. Oh, scheduled castes, yeah. yeah, scheduled castes are those who are at the lowest rung of the Hindu caste system and they've been given, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some privileges, you know, because they were quite, you know, oppressed throughout history. Uh, yeah, so we have students from both the scheduled tribes. Uh, that's that's the um, you know that's that's the sort of people we work with. Um, uh, you know, so why did we choose this line of work? Uh, you know, I mean that's you know you know that's a question that I find quite difficult to answer. So you know because it's a very long story, so I always have to you know sort of. Uh, you know, make it as short as possible. So we were working in Bangalore, you know, you know, before we came here. That's how we know Donald. So <clears throat> somewhere, um, you know, maybe almost a decade back, we felt very strongly that the Lord wanted us to move out of Bangalore. At that point, the only thing on our mind was to work with missionary kids because I had worked in an organization where I saw a lot of missionary kids walk away from the faith once they become once they became adults. So that was something that was a burden for me. Mm. Uh, my wife, Suja, had taught in a missionary school in Bangalore for a short while. So we both found that, uh, you know, experience quite, um, uh, you know, I mean, very, I mean, I mean, we found that a blessing. So we thought we wanted to work in something like that. So we contacted uh, you know, somebody we knew here. And they said they were planning to start a school uh, you know, because their children have had to go to, you know, to boarding school to the south of India. So they were thinking of starting a school. That's how our interest began in, in this place. Uh, you know, that's how we joined. But once we joined here, uh, you know, you know, the Lord has opened the. Min I mean, so yes. Therefore, when we joined, our 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 scope of interest was very limited. We wanted to work among missionary children, so that they don't have to go to boarding school. But once we came here, the Lord opened up. Uh, I mean, a huge avenue of 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 children because our school has. Uh, I mean, the majority of the children are the tribal kids. So. so so that's how we got uh, introduced and involved uh, with the tribal kids. So is the, um, it, you'll, you'll excuse me just to interrupt for, for a second. And I, I see. Um, yeah. So is, is the school one that, that that's integrated between um, students who are part of the, the, the different tribal groups, as well as um, students who are, are children of missionaries? Yes. So, so basically this is the only uh, I mean, when we started, this was the only English medium school in this whole area. And when I say whole area, the next, the the nearest English medium school apart from ours when we started it was around forty kilometers away. Thirty um, miles. That would be, yeah, I think, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so now there are two more schools that that have opened up, but uh, I would say I'm not because our school is good. You know, but the quality in those schools are really bad. Uh, you know, so, so therefore, this is the only English medium school here. So we have both tribal kids and the, you know, uh, I mean, the children of the missionaries. Um, um, 
you know, studying there, which is a challenge because these tribal kids are almost, I mean, a huge majority of them are first generation learners. Mm. That means their parents are illiterate, their extended family, everybody, you know, you know, is illiterate. So, so that becomes a struggle because uh, English is not a language they speak anywhere outside school. Sure. Um, and and, and it, it sounds like with um, I, I, this, this you'll have to correct perhaps my, my ignorance, but if, if there's students from 40 different tribal groups represented, I'm sure there, there's a language barrier even across. I, I'd imagine that perhaps there's a language barrier across the groups. Is, is that correct or is that yes. that assumption? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But most of them can speak the state language, which is, which is Uriya. Hmm. Um, then there's a trade language called Desia. Um, you know, so they, uh, Desia is kind a dialect of Uriya. Yeah. Yes, hmm. yes. Uh, so then if you know Odia, you can understand Desia, although, although not 100%. So they would either speak Odia or Desia, hmm. uh, but they have their own tribal languages also, which are very different from the state language. Sure, I'm sure, especially in in, in that kind of geography in a, in a in a hill in a hilly area, a lot of those sub sub languages can develop pretty quickly over time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's 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 the. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Square Johns. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. What what kind of I mean, so I'd love to hear from you a little bit more about what the, what the dynamic between the, the, the different student populations you have in your school. What, what does that look like and what kind of uh, perhaps unique opportunities and unique challenges does that, does that provide you know, for, for you as an educator and as someone who's you know, looking to also you know, share, share the gospel in, in, in that group? Yeah, actually, you know, one of the exciting things about having a school like this is that you know because many uh, you know people groups are you know represented in our school so then in a sense you have a captive audience of many people groups <laughs> sure uh, you know you know and they are with you for at least 10 to 11 years um you know so then i mean i mean that's an opportunity which is um, you know i mean rare you know extremely rare because they join us uh, in preschool, which is when they are three to four years old. And they are with us at least till eighth grade, some of them till 10th grade, you know, so, uh, you know, so, you know, so therefore that's very exciting because you have these many people groups. Some of them are quite hostile to the, you know, to anything to do with, you know, Christian, anything. And if they hear, you know, they're quite hostile. You know, but they want their children to study in English medium schools, um, you know, and so they all have to sign a declaration saying that we know that they will, um, that, you know, that my child will be given Christian instruction and we are okay with it. So we are deliberately very vague in the term Christian instruction. So that gives us freedom to say whatever we want to say. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, so, uh, yeah, so I think that is a, you know, really exciting thing, uh, you know, that's an opportunity, I think, uh, you know, wouldn't, I mean, I mean, that's not something that, you know, many people have. Uh, challenges, again, would be because they come from all kinds of backgrounds.
towns. Um, I mean, their you know culture is different. Their backgrounds are very different. You know, most of them are very poor. Their homes would have uh, you know nothing that we would call essentials. Uh, you know, I remember a particular conversation where I was teaching about hygiene. You know, and I was talking about taps in the house and you know how you need to clean. And apart from two or three kids in the class of I think around ten to fifteen children, apart from two or three, everybody else looked completely blank. So I stopped halfway through because I knew there was something wrong, mm. and I asked. Uh, so, so then, do you have taps in your house? And almost, you know, apart from the two or three students, all everybody else said, "No, we don't have a tap in our house. We don't have, uh, you know." So I said, "So, so, what do you do?" Like, well, there is a tube well uh, outside the house. There is one tube well for the whole village, uh, you know, and that's where we go and get our water from. So this is this was in my early years as a teacher. That's when I realized that the world that I I lived in and the world that they live in has hardly anything in common. Mm. that's a challenge because you you really every time even if you want to give an example to illustrate something in class uh, you start with the assumption that most of your illustrations don't make any sense to them yeah mm. you know yeah but now i mean we've been here for 6 years so you know you know so with god's help by now i understand their culture and where they come from so other challenge i mean one of the main challenges is language because uh, it takes them quite a few years to make sense of english and the indian education system is such that uh, you know i mean i mean it's very heavy you know the i mean the you know so they have to deal with a lot of text in their textbooks mm-hmm. you know but they are not they don't have enough language skills to be able to deal with that much of text heavy uh, in a material so then as you said so we also have to you know try to uh, you know do all kinds of things you know we you know we do songs and role plays and um, uh yeah you know, all, all i mean all kinds of stuff because you know you just have to trust the lord that he will give some wisdom <laughs> to, <laughs> to teach them so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's that definitely breeds uh breeds a need for for creativity I wonder yes, yes, yes. one of the one of the things I'm also curious by um given the I mean it sounds like you know you talked about the the different the different designations of some of the the tribes um in in the the social structure um and the fact that there's also students that come from um from from different economic backgrounds what I mean do you observe do you observe the kind of the social dynamics how, how do the social dynamics of of you know some students who grow who are growing up in in households that you know are 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 more impoverished to those that are coming from perhaps families that are more well established or i assume that um you know, there's there's a little bit of a spectrum in the uh the economic status of the, of the different families that participate in the school what how does that how does that translate in in work and how does yeah i'm i'm I'd be fascinated to hear um yeah so how you see that so, so the yes yeah, so then in the school majority would be from an um, uh, you know 
like a poor impoverished background uh, maybe i mean we live in a sit- situation where we missionaries would be at the top of the uh, social ladder so economic, to speak, yeah yeah social ladder social and you know economic ladder so everybody looks at us thinking we are like really really rich so <laughs> so i uh, so, so, so then and apart from that we have a few i mean i mean there's a really really small town close by there are a few shopkeepers and traders whose children study in our school so so then they would be the only other people who have some money and some wealth so to speak uh, so then what we do very deliberately in our school is uh, you know so we don't allow i mean so then we have a school uniform yeah and you're not allowed to i mean not allowed to wear a watch to school you're not allowed to you know bring any gadget to school i mean so mm. there are a lot of things you are not allowed to do to equalize that in, yes exactly you know you're not allowed to come and show off your stuff um you know so then in that sense uh, you know at school they don't have this peer pressure that you know oh okay my friend has this that i don't have but in you know in spite of that you know it does crop in once in a while um you know it crops in more when you know when you deal with parents uh, mm. you know because <laughs> some of the parents are very clear that uh you know i don't want my son you know you know sitting with that chap or this chap uh you know but we have to make it very clear to our parents i mean to i mean to the parents that uh, i mean we will not entertain those mm. uh, those in school so yeah well yeah if if there's anything that's probably true about human beings in our fallenness is that we will find a way to leverage any sort of social difference or any sort of you know Oy. physical social <laughs> linguistic difference exactly. and try to create a pecking order that hopefully we exactly. end up at the top of um or at least yes, near the top. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's I, th- I think no matter no matter what no matter what that's going to be a factor but but it is it is really yeah it's interesting to hear you know how your school has even from a policy perspective dealt with that to encourage an environment where where students are able to learn with as little of that affecting the classroom experience as possible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. actually it is so much so that we provide for the uh you know school uniform material uh you know because we don't mm. want even that to be because you know otherwise if you have a more generic school uniform that they can go and buy their own material then you will have some wearing cheap cotton and others wearing expensive cotton and then some who will buy silk and You know, so we want to be very clear that no, we will give you the material, and this is what you wear. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. That's 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 so. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Yeah, where you have um, you know, you're being kind of socialistic in your approach. <laughs> so you're like, this is, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, in a in a democratic setting, right? So it's fascinating. Yeah. The principles, principles, kind of being, you know, everybody yeah. being equal, right? Yeah, there's, there's in certain, yeah, uh, that's. Hmm. <laughs> so you know, as as John's is sharing, you can start to see Jeremy and from the work that I know you guys do, you can see kind of the elemental level, you know, the sameness. Sure. 
right? The context potentially are different, but elementally, at the elemental level, it's disenfranchised um, and you know socioeconomic um, implications that are there, uh, historicity in terms of um, oppression. That if you kind of stack the stuff up, what you and John's, you know, <laughs> the two of you do are so similar. It's the context are just different. That's all. Yeah, there, there, there's some there's some interesting interesting parallels for 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 sure, and um, yeah, it's yeah. I think the the sort of the sort of work that that New City Kids does, um, you know, I think attempts to play a little bit of a I don't know if equalizing role is 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 the right term, uh, but certainly one that that gives space for youth from from uh under-resourced or underprivileged backgrounds um really deeply invest in them to help elevate their voices their perspective and and their leadership um and and a lot of that is you know, by by creating the conditions for for the student's success um the way that our programs structure they really hinge on two two important aspects uh, the first is uh, typically after school center, after school experiences for students. And so when children complete their school day, wherever they go to school in our communities, we, we then welcome them. And, and obviously so much of this has looked different in the context of, of the pandemic. Um, when, when a lot of schools, when schools largely have been shut down in our communities. Um, but our, our traditional programming has typically centers on students coming for an after school experience. Um, students between the ages of, of six and 13 will come to an after-school center for, for three hours a day, um, you know, four or five days a week where they're participating in, in the sort of academic enrichment around topics like geography or math or reading, depending on the focus of the, the team, um, on, on spiritual growth and, and musical, musical and creative development. So a big focus on music and teaching children how to, how to play instruments. Um, but what's what's unique about how we do that is is really leveraging, um, you know, you could say indigenous leadership, the leadership of students that are just a few years older than near peers uh, to to do the primary instruction. Uh, so rather than relying on a, a large professional staff or um, a cohort of volunteers coming from outside of our communities, we believe that the the most powerful restoration of those communities can come from within them. And so we tap into, we hire high school students and we employ them as staff and we train them. We, we, we give them space to, to put all those teenage energies uh, into a focused direction um, to, to provide responsibility, accountability, um, and, and, and the ability to, to, to do good, reinvest in your own neighborhood. And it's, it's really powerful as, as our teenagers become the leaders of, of the younger students, they become their mentors, they become role models. And all along that journey, they themselves are getting invested into um, by, by a staff of, of, of mentors who are introducing them to, to faith, who are providing them academic support uh, and, and giving them space to develop their voices um, and, and put them on a pathway towards their future. So it's, a lot of that function, I mean, I, th I definitely see some some strong parallels in kind of thinking about uh, 
gosh, the, the, the social context in, in which some of the students um, that, that we serve live in and um, the, the kind of intentional work that needs to be done, uh, which, which in your context, John, it sounds like is, is at least in part accomplished by some of those, you know, even, even something as simple as, as dress code policies and, and, uh, and, and standardizing the, the materials for, for student uniforms, um, it, again, is so fascinating. I probably could talk about that for a while, but I won't, um, <laughs> to, uh, to the kind of work that, that, that we do in, in, in elevating, um, the, the leadership of, of a group of students who, who, who perhaps don't have the same kinds of opportunities as their as their peers do in in wealthier communities. Um, often, which you know, wealthy communities, which sometimes are, are are in neighboring towns. So, you know, we don't have to go forty kilometers away. You can go sometimes a few blocks away, um, and 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 see those significant disparities, um, which are more common in obviously in urban areas. As, as you just cross 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 a town or a geographic barrier, all of a sudden you're in a in a much wealthier or sometimes less less wealthy community. And Johns might recognize, you know, it's like Mumbai where you have like high high rises and then you have slum yeah. areas. It's it's in the it's same road. Here. It's on the same road, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, and there's just yeah. there's social rules about you know as soon as you cross this place, like you know it's almost like there's different yeah there's a complete different set of expectations at times right mm, yeah i mean including policing right, it's, right uh, yeah right the, the the level of attention care uh fo- what, yeah. what, what, what's focused on and what's not for sure yeah fascinating you know for me when when i when i came across what what you guys were doing in the town that you guys were doing is uh I was driving through that and I was like, this feels like India to me, you know, <laughs> you know, once oh. I actually <laughs> accidentally, I actually drove through that, you know, the town. And I'm like, wait a minute, this kind of gives me like, a, you know, kind of a, a, a impoverished neighborhood in India. In fact, I, I felt actually, you know, I grew up in an impoverished, you know, uh, town or, you know, the town limit in India. It felt worse, actually. It, it, um, you know, I don't know which area I can represent to you, John's, um, from in Bangalore. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't even kind of think of the area that I can represent. You know, and it was. I was. It was shocking to me, and um, yeah, you know, it was shocking that something like that could even be in such a developed country like the US, I mean, I'd say we're probably top three, right, in terms of the developed countries, right? So it's fascinating. Yeah, I think, you know, I think one of the, my, what, one of the choices that, that my, my wife and I, you know, made when we, when we first started serving with the ministry, um, and we're serving in, in, in Jersey City, New Jersey, um, we we lived right in the neighborhood where our our ministry was was serving, and um, as we then moved to to Patterson, New Jersey, to start uh, a site of New City Kids there as well, you know, made made the choice intentionally to to, to live in the neighborhood as well. Um, and for the the five years that we were in Patterson, and uh, I was leading that team, where we lived within walking distance, um, typically a you know five to ten minute walk from 
from where our after school center was from where children and teenagers lived and i think one of the one of the beautiful things that living in in context in that in that context affords you is is the ability to um you know perhaps never understand uh never understand the context as someone who grows up there um but at least develop a an appreciation for the um obviously the the, the challenges in in a in in any under resourced community those things are fairly easy to point out for for an outsider right very quickly you can you can drive through and say oh or walk through and say you know this this isn't like the 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 town that you know I live in, and some of those things are are very visible, often painfully so. Um, but one of the beautiful things that also living in context provides you the opportunity to is, is to develop an appreciation, or I wouldn't even say living in context, spending time, spending, investing meaningful time um, in the places that, that you serve. Um, gives you an appreciation for the beauty that that's there the resilience of 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 the families that that live there um the just the incredible strength and beauty um that perhaps you know doesn't doesn't quickly strike you if 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 you don't take the time to to look for it you know what is it what would it look like for us to observe um observe neighborhoods and communities like that with with an eye towards their assets what 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 gifts are there what opportunities are there um what strength is already there um that could then be leveraged um by that community for for its own growth and development yeah i agree agree with that and i think um you know growing up poor um and also observing the poor i see there's more openness generally um to people there's more actually i'd say people are willing to share more <laughs> than hmm. than as you move up the hierarchy right in terms of uh, wealth um so yeah yeah i mean there are there are dynamics that we could only find in certain communities that you might not find in other communities and you're more clamped up i think as you kind of move up the the socio economic curve um yeah i mean it, 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 you you can see right the the density of population if you draw it on the social, if you actually put towns and cities in the socio economic ladder you will start to see the density of the population itself show up right you have bigger larger houses further away from one another than you know so if you actually map it out you you know you probably see uh, it'll become visible of how apart uh, people become and um, how how i think it, it you know you kind of recede or regress back into yourself rather than mm. progress into another person we we do have a geography expert on the call so he could probably confirm <laughs> confirm any kind of correlation between uh between wealth and uh population density yeah yeah but what do you enjoy most jeremy what's 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 that what brings you joy right that's one of the things that um yeah again i think it's it's different depending the of of in 
it's different slightly uh, depending on my my seat in the in on on our team. One of the things that I think has been consistent is, um, and and John's you you alluded to this as well um, when you shared that many of your students are there with you for. 11, 12 years in some cases. I There are students who joined our program in, in, in second grade uh, when I first joined our team. Uh, so they were maybe you know, six, seven years old who, are, who have continued with our organization, who have you know, walked walk, walk through all of after school center and then were hired to, to work on our, our, our teen staff um, and are now, you know, in, in, in they're, they're in the final years of high school. They've uh, been accepted to colleges. I've seen our alumni go off to college. I've seen some of them even come back and, and begin to, to do internships and work with our team uh, on our on our staff, um, reinvesting into into other students in, in, in the same way. And I think that time horizon being able to see what consistent investment uh, in, in the whole person over time, how in the aggregate that, that can be so powerful in building the, um, in supporting the growth of, of someone's relationship with God, someone's, uh, the activation of their capacity, um, the, the development of their leadership, all, all those things uh, together, just being able to see that journey and, supporting it, whether it's uh, from providing a, a great after-school center experience to uh, leading a team of, of program staff who are, who are putting together programs and with your you know, feet on the ground, trying to find, uh, connect with families and um, in, in encourage students to, to join the team or um, raising, raising funds to enable those kinds of experiences to happen, um, to, to, to now designing systems uh, that'll help us do it again um, in in new places and expand further. Uh, it's it, it's that it's that belief that when we invest long term and create and and invest, yeah, when we invest long term in the growth of individuals and communities, we get to see a kind of return on investment that you don't see otherwise if you just kind of pop in and pop out. Thank you so much for joining uh, the conversation. Hope uh, it was encouraging. Uh, it was a great encouragement for me. You know, it was uh, it was fascinating that it's, it's, it probably will top. You know, will be for me the top. You know, four or five conversations that I've had till now. Obviously, I, I want to have you know more conversations as I, as we go along here, but it will definitely be in the top five for me. Um, so hope you enjoy the conversation if there's anything that you want to reach out to us you know feel free we also tell you if you like these conversations forward it to one friend of yours who, who might like it and who might be encouraged one friend who's looking for a, 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 a some level of you know a push or urge or motivation whatever you want to call it pass it on and uh, if you're interested to write to us do write to us you can get to us uh, using our website or um, or the platform that you are currently using for your uh, streaming your podcast you could do either way 
So um, if you want to get to us on our website, it is www.sharethewell.community. Thank you so much for your time. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend.